Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. But you'll see we have a special guest with us in studio today. To our very far left, it is new Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson. Luke, thanks for coming in. We appreciate Thank it. Thanks very much. Have you gotten used to the title yet of hearing that? Has it sunk it's in yet? It's a little surreal, but uh, you know, especially like the you know iconic original six team uh, from the hockey perspective, it's it's a very uh, special thing. So I'm really proud to be here. You've been connected with a, a number of the original six teams. Is uh, is this the best one so far? Uh, you know, it, absolutely it is. Uh, it's the highest title, right? So uh, I had the fortune to play as a young player with the Toronto Maple Leafs and then, uh, you know, the coaching with Montreal Canadiens and, and we went to the Stanley Cup finals two years ago. So it was really exciting there. And uh, and even a, a short stint as a head coach running the bench during that time because uh, unfortunately COVID ran in its rag, uh, ravage uh, all over the NHL and the world. Uh, but uh, it gave me an opportunity. So, you know, that was, uh, I think, part of the, process that led me to here you got the best of both worlds being in Chicago in an original six team because unlike Toronto and Montreal you can go to dinner and people won't be hounding you for the most part there's a little bit of anonymity in Chicago or in Montreal and Toronto people are going to be all over you I bet have you gotten recognized around town yet I know you you made the rounds yesterday at Wrigley Field and doing the press conference of course yeah I think just with the press conference yesterday um, you know Chicago's a great city. It's a big city, but uh, yeah, it's a sports town. So uh, people pay attention. And I was uh, uh, honored to throw the pitch out at the Cubs game last night and lots of uh, fans uh, uh, wishing me uh, welcome and great luck. So I really felt comfortable already in the city. Well, before we start getting into the nuts and bolts of the hockey, <laughs> you mentioned yesterday a great story about you made your debut here in Chicago, the old stadium with Maple Leafs, and Eddie Olchek took you out for breakfast to some diner it was the palace grill wasn't it i it had i really <laughs> don't know but uh, i know we i think we took a, a quick cab ride we were staying at the drake back in those days and it wasn't too far it was downtown somewhere okay so, right. I, so I don't know that that's a uh, good maybe. that's gonna be a good trivia question to find yeah. that answer out. well <laughs> we're gonna ask you the hard-hitting questions absolutely, here. Yeah. absolutely. if it wasn't you'll be at the palace grill soon For i guarantee sure. you it's yeah. right down the street yeah. it is uh the a1 hawks place Anytime you go in there, I walked in one day and it was like Doc Emmerich and Eddie were having lunch, just, oh, you know, just hanging out. <laughs> it's one of those iconic hockey places in the city, really close to the rink. Um, press conference yesterday, I was, I was really, a, a word you kept going back to was trust. It was, I think you probably said it half a dozen times or so during the course of your conversations with, um, you know, Kyle Davidson or talking about your future relationships with the players. Why is that word so important to you? It seems like it was something you really emphasized. I think it's important nowadays uh, in sports, but in the world in general with, uh, you know, it's just fast, uh, a lot of technology, uh, a lot of misinformation or, you know, I mean, uh, 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 wrong contacts uh, in texts and emails. So I think a face-to-face -face personal relationship builds that trust. And I think you got to put the time in and there's 20 different personalities that I'm going to be dealing with uh, every day uh, and they're different. And I think I have to get to know them. And I think especially with the veteran guys, that's where I'll, I'll start and to create that uh, conversation. And, and I think that leads to trust. Like I, I'm not going to tell them, you know, something they just want to hear, but then, and then act differently. What I say is what I'm going to do. And I want them to trust that. And the more conversation we have that, I think they'll believe it. And then a young guy coming in, 
if I have that trust built with the older guys and the veteran guys, young guys coming in and, you know, it's a, it's a tough road. They're not getting the ice time they used to in junior or college or the minors and, ah, this isn't working. This is, I'm not sure the way, this is the way it's working for me. And you have the trust in what we're trying to build here with the older guys. They back up the coaches, they back up the system and the philosophy and that building block that we're going to start with, with day one. So it, it just will come full circle. So it's well worth putting the time in to build that trust. So this is a clear rebuild. It's been stated as such. How do you manage those relationships with guys like Taves and Kane and Jones, who are guys who have wanted to, everybody wants to win, but what drives those guys, three Stanley Cups, trips to the conference finals, they're just the ultimate competitors. How do you jive that with them and say, look, this year is maybe not about winning every game and it's about kind of developing the young guys. So how do you how do you manage both parties in one season on one team? Well, I think, uh, you know, right, right again, it'll start before the season, uh, those conversations and that trust. But um, I, I think, you know, they're going to be so important in this franchise moving forward and, and you know, using that, that experiences that they've had and winning. Uh, you know, they're, they're Stanley Cup champions. They're future Hall of Famers. And, and, they're, and you know, we have a number one defenseman in, uh, Seth Jones that, uh, you know, I mean, really those three guys are going to be probably the kingpins and on, on really helping this team move forward. And, you know, just you know, making them realize like, you know, where they were and how exciting that was for the team, for the city and the fans. How do we get back there? The, the, the idea and the challenge is to get back there. And, you know, how fast is obviously the faster, the better, but we have to do it the right way. And if we can have the building blocks and them on on, on the same uh, wavelength and plan as the coaching and the management and, and everybody working together, we're going to get there quicker and we're going to be able to sustain it because we're not jumping steps. We got to make the, the, the first, put the first building block in there. That's them. And then we have to build off that with the young guys through the draft and eventually through free agency and trades and, and build the team back up to where they want it to be. So it, it was, it was great for them to have those three championships here. How do we get back to having the, the next champ, the fourth championship? And, and they're a huge part of us getting back there. So uh, I think, I think, you know, I mean, they're going to like that message. They're going to be a big part of it. Um, you know, I mean, the accountability is to the whole team. So I need them to hold the young players accountable. They have to accept when I have to hold them accountable and, and realize that it's all for the good faith of this team getting back to where it should be. You've had a little bit of time now to maybe get familiar with the roster as it's currently constructed and, and, and the prospect system, are there specific players that you know from seeing them play or um, from, from, from getting to know them uh, th through your own research or whatnot? Are, are there any specific players that you're excited to, you know, coach and, and, and have an opportunity to, uh, to, to, to see their development grow? Well, I, mean, I mentioned obviously the three big guys there, yeah. but uh, there, there is obviously, um, you know, I mean, lots of good young talent coming and i hopefully you know the uh, we get some out of this draft and then next year's draft is supposed to be deep and uh i really haven't had a chance to look at uh, you know rockford's roster to see you know what's coming next uh, you know there was a few guys that had some games at the uh, uh you know during the season last year and at the end of the year and i, I went through the roster just briefly and kind of just tried to um you know you know put an order of of games played how, uh, what position, how old they were, were. so you, knowing the younger guys coming forward, I really haven't had much chance to talk to Kyle and the management team about 
the roster moving forward because I think there's still lots of work to do over the next few weeks with the, the draft and uh, free agency and what happens with the team. So uh, specifics, not really yet. I haven't got that far. I, I've just been through this whirlwind uh, the last few days and I'm just trying to enjoy it. And uh, obviously the next priorities are going to be trying to build uh, a coaching staff, creating relationships with the older uh, experienced players. And, uh, and then, you know, after the draft and free agency, see what's here, see what we're going to start to build with, where the holes are that we had need to fill for training camp. And, and then, you know, the next step for, for me and the coaching staff would be to understand who we have uh, and, and what the expectations are with man, working with management and building the right uh, systems in all three zones that are going to give them the best a chance to execute success. I think I speak for the three of us when I'll, I'll give you a name that I think based off of what you said yesterday, uh, the kind of player that you want, the kind of identity you want to have for a team, I think you're going to really like uh, coaching Sam Lafferty. I think I think he's. I've, I've I coached he, against him, and I know yeah. he plays with speed and energy, and uh, and I know last year they kind of moved him a little bit at center, and he so he has that ability to play all three forward positions, yeah. and that's 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 a that's a key tool for any coach. He's a show favorite, that's for sure. That's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, another word that we've heard a lot. We heard yesterday. We've heard a lot from Kyle Davidson is culture and building a winning culture here in Chicago. You mentioned those three veterans. They've got the pedigree. But then there's another guy that, as of now, is still on the roster. could change between now and October. But a guy like Tyler Johnson, who's won two Stanley Cups with Tampa, has come from that culture, gone through that whole process. How important is he to have around with these young guys to kind of show them the way and lay that foundation? Absolutely. I, I know him well, uh, too well, because when I started in Binghamton in the American League, he was in Syracuse. And... Uh, Gave me headaches on the other team for <laughs> sure. He he plays uh, he plays with the right passion. That's why he had so much success in Tampa Bay, and and he's got some skill and and real uh, ability to see the ice. He's just a good hockey player, and and it's hard you can't it's hard to teach that to the players that don't naturally see it. So he's got that special quality. I know he's had some injuries over the last few years, and and, uh, and moved uh, teams, which is a, it takes time to settle in. I'm really excited to look forward to working with him. I know he's played pretty much anywhere in the in Tampa's lineup first line fourth line wing center uh, power play at the point power play in the half wall he's got a lot of tools in his bo toolbox so um, that's going to be a utility player that I, I'm excited to work for uh, that's a great name to bring up I think that's kind of the balance of a rebuild is you know you want to give these young players opportunities but you can't just call up Rockford right and have them play in Chicago because they're just losing 5-1 Four two six nothing every night is not beneficial to development, so it's that balance of veterans and and young players. And as a coach, I, th I imagine that would sort of shift as the season goes on, right? So as young players begin to elevate their games in Rockford or in Chicago, and maybe they start to supplant some of those veterans. How do you handle that when something like that arises with someone like Tyler Johnson, who's been a multiple cup winner and a star player and a, wearing a letter on his jersey for most of his career? How do you demote somebody like that? Maybe not him specifically, but how do you manage that that shifting of power, I guess, from youth, from veterans to youth? Yeah, I think there's opportunities uh, throughout the season within games to give players extra ice time, uh, whether it's injury, penalties, um, you know, someone not, not just not going that night and they need to maybe take a seat for a while. So there's opportunities to give that. And I, I, I like to start with the veterans, the guys that have earned that uh, chance to get that extra ice time. It's a it's an ozone face-off, and there's one guy maybe not going that night. Well, maybe you throw a Patrick Kane 
or a Tyler Johnson out there for that situation and give them a little extra incentive and, and respect that they deserve. And then there might be nights that it isn't going for them and they're showing frustration in their game and maybe you have to give that, that's the opportunity to maybe give that young guy that chance. And, uh, but I always like to start with the veterans and, um, and then, you know, I mean, you work, you can't just put three young guys out there, uh, especially on the road and expect to them to compete against, uh, you know, uh, just a good example is uh, Nate McKinnon and, and uh, Legascog and, uh, you know, like a line like that. You, you know, I mean, you want to give them uh, every chance to succeed and build them up. You can't just throw them into the, into the you know, top of the pile and expect them to succeed. You know, there's going to be the odd player that comes around that, that, that is able to do that, and he's special. But uh, right now, I think on the, on the most part, you have to really manage uh, players' ice time well, uh, really have a beat on, uh, you know, how they're feeling. And that's not just how they're playing. Sometimes uh, you need to go and spend some time and skating around before warm-up uh, or before warm-up in practice and talk to, the, and talk to players and, and have those relationships that where they're telling you, yeah, I didn't have a great night last night. I'm, I'm, my confidence is low. And you got to know where they're at. And, and that's both their play and their, and their feelings. And, and that's, that's a lot of time spent in a day trying to get around to 20 players. But you have to allocate that around to your assistant coaches as well. Like I know the D coach is going to be vital on this team. We're going to have probably start building with young D and moving up. And, and that's going to be a, a crucial point. So I think that that's how you manage ice time. And I think you, you start with the veterans and, and, it's, and it's, they've earned it. Uh, but then they have to keep earning it to keep it. And they have young guys pushing. So, um, you know, I want them to show the young guys how to do it too. Show them by example and show when they, they execute, uh, when they get that extra opportunity or show maybe they're a little bit of, not frustration, but a little bit of um, take, take charge disappointment, I call it. Like you can be, show some emotion, but you're like, I'm, I'm, going, I'm not letting that happen again. Next time I go out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that shot. I'm going to make that pass or I'm going to get that puck out of the D zone at the end of the game and we're going to execute and win that, that uh, crucial moment. You mentioned, you know, the, the importance of the coaching staff. You don't have to name names, but do you have some, some people in mind that, that you want to build your staff around? Yeah, we just uh, started putting names down on a list uh, with the management. And um, I think, you know, at the draft, a, a lot of times uh, every coach in the world usually goes to the draft and there's a, and a coach association where they have meetings and, and uh, presentations that uh, there's always uh, people there or people have an opportunity to come and fly in. And I think we need to have some interviews to make sure everybody's on the same page. And it was very clear to me in my interview process that uh, we got to work together. There, there's going to be, uh, you know, I mean, some growing days ahead. And that means there's got to be some patience, but there's also creating a new culture. There's going to be a, you got to know when to push and how to push and how to develop it. And, and develop it doesn't mean we're always going to sit back. Well, that's okay. Next time, you know, you got to try and do this. Sometimes it's not acceptable and you have to be a little harder and a little firmer. And sometimes that means taking a step back and sitting out or going back and working on your craft in Rockford or, or in practice. And um, we got to have the right staff for that. So we, we just start putting uh, together both a, a D list, a forward list, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy Waite's coming back, a uh, great goaltending coach, and I, I played on the world junior team with him way back when. <laughs> uh, we were the same age, so uh, we had a little connection there, and Matt Meacham, our video coach, is coming back, and I have a little connection there as I worked with Matt my first year in the American League before he transferred to the Chicago uh, Blackhawks and, and came and won a few Stanley Cups here. So uh, I have a little familiar, 
familiarity with those guys. But I think we really have to be on the same page with the guys coming in. Next week's a big week, NHL draft. First for Kyle Davidson. I think we're going to get a idea of what he's kind of looking for to build this team. Kind of two-part question. How much input are you going to have uh, on, on draft day? And if you could build a prototypical Luke Richardson hockey player, what is that? What attributes is that? I know size, speed, wicked shot. We know that. But beyond that, what are the type, What are the qualities you look for a player that you want to play for you? You know, I think, uh, yeah, like size is great. Rangy, big rangy defensemen are great. Uh, you know, all the teams that do well in the playoffs, they have them. And, and, you know, I mean, if you got another guy that's a special player that can do something on the power play and all that, that's great. I, I think the hockey sense and, um, you know, I mean, that, that, that little extra intangible that you see in the finals on both those teams, that, that grit factor that, that, that they can kick it into another gear when, it, when the real game's on the line. And obviously you've seen that in three cup winning teams here in Chicago for years. You know, you got guys like that and, and there's Andrew Shaw's around there that, you know, I mean, uh, maybe they play third, fourth line, but they can bump up and play in the second line and play in front of the net in the power play and there's no stopping them. So there's a, there's a, there, there's that intangible, how do you find it? Uh, that's tough for a hockey scout to find, but they watch them play where they are. So if they can do it in the lower levels, uh, you got to look for that player that you think has the, maybe the physical ability to bring that intangible to the next level. Uh, I don't really know any of the players in the draft. We're so busy all year, you know, especially the last few years, the uh, schedule has been so condensed. And I usually get a, a little bit of a beat on, on the top end players because you watch the world juniors, but this year got canceled. So right. I don't, I really don't know anybody this year uh, or anything. So I really don't have any input on the players names in the draft this year, but I definitely know if you can add some, definitely some size, but you got to be able to play if you have size and skate in the game now, but just that it's hard to, it's hard to identify how, so it's really hard to find it is that hockey sense and that intangible that a Corey Perry has. He's squeezing every drop of juice out of that lemon that he can to, to get things done. Sometimes you wonder how he can get it done. He doesn't skate well and he's getting older, but he just he just does whatever he has to do to get it, get it done. So if I could put, um, you know, like two prototypes, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to coach them two years ago is uh, Corey Perry at one end, just a, just a leader. And, and, and finds a way to get things done and brings people into the fight with them. And then on the back end, a, a Shea Weber. Like, you know, you know, definitely a big guy, strong guy, and shoot the puck 110 miles an hour. But, but his leadership qualities are next to nobody I've ever played with or, or coached. And, and if you could find someone with that leadership, uh, extra intangible will, um, that's going to that's gonna bring everybody along with them and uh you know you get the skilled fancy guys they're gonna follow that guy because they know they're a winner and you know where do you find them i'm not sure but i hope i hope our scouts <laughs> find uh, two yeah. or three of those guys this two, year. two super popular guys with chicago blackhawk fans but two guys <laughs> that if they ever played here in their yeah. primes oh. they're the they, united center be full of their top jerseys. selling jerseys Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah definitely um, I know you, you've already said you, know, you need to get to know the roster, the lineup, before you can really commit to a system. But in general, um, over the last few years, the Hawks have been playing a man-to-man, -man, or I guess they call it like a man plus one is what they would call it, with, uh, we'll just say, mixed results. Um, <laughs> and there's also the zone style. In general, is there one of those you prefer, and what are the advantages and disadvantages of both? 
Yeah, you know, and I, yeah, I got to still wait and see what we got. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think you can really go to a man-on-man in this league, uh, especially if you're on a, a going to be a younger team or, you know, a rebuild team or, and we're, we're just getting guys in there and getting them acclimated. You go against, again, Colorado. How are you going to play man-on-man? You're dealing with that. Like, you, you're, you're right. not – you're going to be either in the penalty box or you're going to be there for two minutes. And lucky enough, if you get the puck, you chip it out. They get the puck and they're coming back in, and, and the next five guys got to deal with it. So that I, sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I've seen I that saw before. it. I saw it all year too. So you did year. watch a lot of Blackhawks games. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Montreal year. was pretty much the same last year. So uh, I think, you know, I mean, obviously, um, you you have to work daily uh, on defensive zone uh, and defensive play, and to play defense, I think it doesn't mean you're good at defending and blocking shots, and you're in there for two minutes at a time, and they don't score. Defending means you're, you play defense fast. And if you can play with that, a hard tracking forward set of three, it keeps the guys as a five-man group together. And if I, I say you start playing defense before you get to your zone. As soon as you don't have the puck, you're playing defense. You're on top of them. You're backtracking. You have a good gap. Let's force dumps. And we have a goaltender that can just play the puck simple enough to get it to the D, move it to the forwards, and we're moving back on offense. Good gaps, uh, backtracking. We're creating turnovers for stubborn forwards on the other team that don't want to dump it in, or we, we eliminate them, if not outside the blue line, early inside your blue line. You're, and basically, you're, you're, you're eliminating the man with the puck. We have second support quicker because we have backtracking forwards with a five-man unit. Again, we have the puck, and, and we have all of our uh, energy still left on that shift ready to play on the offense because it is hard to get to their net too, and they're going to try and do the same thing so if we can play defense before we get to that d zone it's going to help less time in the d zone less uh, problems with the d zone less breakdowns um you know but we're going to work on that continually and if and we have to have a default system there's going to be times we get tired someone gets hurt someone falls down and we're in our d zone and we got offensive teams like colorado toronto edmonton and they like to wheel around all over defense down by the net forwards up by the I think we have to we have to have a default where we can fall fall back, protect the house, look for that opportunity like a penalty kill, strike, kill it, and move on. I like that approach. I'm ready for open. So, it sounds a lot better. <laughs> I'm sweaty it from that. that was and, and it's, it's going to be it's going to be that's going to be a, a, again that everything's got to have to have a building block. So D zone coverage, playing defenses, it's got to be. This is what we're doing. Okay, we we didn't we missed an assignment here. No, that's not acceptable. Tomorrow we're going to be better at it. But we and then show some good examples when we do it right. And 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 you know maybe I think you know showing some clips even at the Stanley Cup Finals was a great example of how committed those offensive players are playing defense and playing not 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 physical where they're running guys into the fourth row, but maybe skating through their hands and and slowing down. They can't they have to dump the puck. They can't get in on the forecheck and our D's have a chance to breathe and turn around and make a play instead of getting pasted in the glass and knocked down and losing the puck. So I think, um, you know, really starting with a few clips of, of uh, uh, what do you call it, like excellent play, uh, execution, and, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, dominance, uh, like we saw in the finals, it was a great final, taking some clips out of there. And I don't really like using other teams' clips as positives, but you got to start somewhere until we start showing clips okay, this is a great clip, and then have a couple teaching clips of how to uh, maybe be a little clearer and a little bit more precise. Uh, and that's just one area, D-zone and defensive play. I think offensive play, getting to the net is going to be a key too. You know, you, 
we have good offensive players, uh, but we want to make sure we're hard enough to get on the inside and have second chances because there's a lot of times where goalies are big and pucks hit them and, and good defensive teams get that second chance before you get the second offensive chance. Yeah, I, I would say two teams of uh, to emulate would be Tampa Bay and, and Colorado. So Absolutely. you're not you're not wrong there for sure. Yeah. You had a very long playing career uh, spanning different generations of, of the game, and um, you've had an opportunity to play against the Blackhawks uh, many times in your career. Who were some of the hardest players to play against? Maybe not necessarily like the superstars, but like who were some of the hardest players to play against in your in your time? Uh, Steve Larmer probably was for me, you know, I, mean, I, th- I always lined up against him, uh, as a, as a winger and a defenseman in the D zone. And, you know, I tried to be big and physical. You couldn't intimidate the guy. Uh, he was a consistent goal scorer. He was just hard on the forecheck. Uh, he didn't waste his time yapping and chat, chatting. He just, he was chewing his gum, doing his business and give you the kind of the evil eye and, uh, uh, you just knew he was consistent, was going to play his game, and it was a hard game every night, even though he was a, a good, skilled player. Um, you know, I played uh, against Jeremy Roenick. You know, I couldn't stand playing against him. I wanted to hit him every time, but he's fast. He's, Another he's quiet aggressive. guy on the ice. Absolutely. <laughs> and let me tell you, he ran me over a few times, too. Like, he he, he, he didn't like getting hit, and, uh, like, and nobody does, but uh, he did something about it. So I had a, f- a chance to play with him my last year in Philadelphia and uh, those guys that you battled hard against, you became instant best friends because you respected each other. And of course, you know, Chris Chelios was a, he, he was an icon here and uh, what a competitor and a leader. And um, you know, I always tried to uh, watch him play and trying to emulate some of the things that he did. Uh, he was such a, a force out there and a, and a real good leader. So those are three guys that I certainly remember that were difficult to play against here. Well, we're almost out of time. It really flew by. A couple of things I, we definitely want to address. Um, first and foremost, the Hawks' front office is very young, very inexperienced. Curious what your first impressions were when you met Kyle Davidson and his crew. You know what? Very intelligent, uh, very calculated on, on what their points were that they wanted to make. And I think uh, even answer, watching him answer questions yesterday with the media uh, has a plan and uh, has the patience and the backing from uh, upper management and ownership to, to have the uh, patience to execute that. So he mentioned yesterday a few times about not forcing things because that's when mistakes come back on you. And I agree with that. And if you're in a, a full transition mode and rebuild uh, on the ice, uh, you know, it's a uh, whole staff. It just everybody I meet through the organizations, young or new or both. And that includes me and a lot of maybe new players coming in this year. And they really want everybody to work together and grow together. And I like the vision and uh, I really like the plan. And uh, it looks like, uh, you know what I mean? When you have uh, confidence in your plan and you know you have backing from whoever you're working with or above, uh, it, it really gives you, um, you know, a, a, a sigh of relief, not to sit back and take your time, but to know that, um, take the proper time to make sure the plan has a chance to uh, uh, evolve and work. I think lastly, you know, you've been a strong advocate for mental health and uh, we've seen over the last calendar years, year, uh, the Blackhawks hit hard from that in many, many directions. Uh, obviously, the Kyle Beach situation. Um, Kirby Doc is a guy who deleted his social media because it was starting to get to him. As a head coach, how can you help your players um, with the mental health aspect of not just the game, but being a player, being a professional, being someone that 
fans can reach out and touch and let them know how they feel in real time. How do you, as a head coach, help your players uh, cope with all the challenges that come with being a professional athlete? I think, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough life. It's and it's a fast world and social media is fast. There's so many great things about it, but it could go wrong and and against you. And and when we're in uh, maybe some tough nights, um, you know, maybe it's not a bad thing to turn it off sometimes and be okay with it, but just do it in a way with not doing it with anger. Just, just, you need a break and, and it's okay. And I think, creating relationships like going right back to our you know the first conversation about it and, and that trust is to have conversations with players and make sure you know where they're at and, and they're doing okay uh you know we, we want to create a family atmosphere and um i mean i don't like talking about my hockey playing career with the players they can youtube all they want and find everything <laughs> right uh I, I don't think they want to hear about mine i'm there to take the experiences i've learned both on and off the ice and help them and, and, and they know that just, I don't need to tell them that I did this and I did that. And they know that I've been through everything. Disappointment, uh, you know, put on waivers. Uh, you know what I mean? Trying to send you down the minors or, or uh, you know, and, and I actually only went for conditioning, but I, uh, you know, I still went, skated and practiced with them. And then, um, you know I mean? It, it just to watch, the emotions of other players too being either cut or traded or uh, you know i've seen it all so uh, they they sure they know if you play 21 years in the league and and then coach another 13 or 14 you've seen everything that they can trust that i'm i'm really there with them i want to i want them to know that i'm with them we are a family and you know there's some nights that i might have to be hard on that player but i'm still with them the next morning i'm there i'm the same guy at the coffee machine how you doing how's the family and uh, let's move on let's be better today and uh, I think that'll lead to a better environment. And if we can create our own better environment inside, um, you know, we don't really have to worry too much about the outside environment. If something happens outside that environment, we're there to help you and protect you and back you on the inside. And I just want them to know that from day one. That'll be a clear message for sure. And, um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, the, the team itself, have, they have a whole department in uh, both um, you know, sports psych and uh, mental health uh, uh, awareness and, and wellness uh, within the organization. They hired three guys, a full-time guy in Rockford and our team, and there's one overseeing going between both. And I think that's really key. That's that's probably number one in the league, if not. And uh, I think going to lead the way to, you know, coaches knowing that there's another resource for those players. You know, guys struggling. He ha- and those guys will be in our video meetings and stuff, so they'll know, oh, this guy got – you had a couple couple clips and that's that's stressful you're in a room with all your peers and you're you're the you're the star of the video today not in a good way that's stressful and that's hard yeah. to overcome so they have a they have a place to maybe if they don't feel comfortable talking to the coach they have somewhere to go and be feel supported and and that doesn't come back to any reports to us that's totally confidential like it would be a normal uh um, you know situation and i think that's going to be uh, a leader in that industry and i'm proud to be a part of it all right, last thing for you, since you, the hire was made, we've been doing a lot of research on you, and we discovered DIFD, Do It For Darren, your charity. I uh, want to give you the opportunity to let our uh, audience know all about it, how they can help, how they can get involved, and uh, just so you know, you've got our help on those ends. When you get things established in Chicago, we're happy to help with fundraising, anything like that. So whatever you want to let people know, the floor is yours. I appreciate it, and I love the purple. Is uh, supporting the purple today. <laughs> that was, that I, I was on it. purpose. I, yeah, I have the most purple in um, a male wardrobe in the world. I think <laughs> and, uh, very proud of it. Um, uh, we lost my youngest daughter Darren to suicide uh, 
in 2010. So it's going to be 12 years in November. And, uh, you know, obviously devastating for our family. And we, I wouldn't be sitting here and our family wouldn't be doing okay if it wasn't uh, the support of our, of our close friends and family, but the hockey community in general. You know, people like Eddie Olchek and his wife, Dan, is reaching out and supporting us. And our house was full for days, uh, you know, making sure we, we, we could take that next step and get through it. And, you know, uh, Darren's sister, our, our oldest daughter, Morgan, and um, she, they both played hockey. And their hockey peers and uh, teammates and, and Darren's uh, school classmates and friends, uh, they just weren't, they weren't accepting it and taking it. Uh, sitting down uh, it was um, you know a surprise to all of us obviously in a shock so they created a, a movement and it's a youth mental health movement it started in Ottawa and the Ottawa Senators started to uh, back us right away as I was working there and it was called do it for Darren and it was uh, DIFD in, in abbreviation and it was all uh, all with the purple um, background that was Darren's favorite color and we're very proud that it's uh, I think it's uh, up into I want to say three, four million dollars raised uh, in the in the mental health uh, area in Ottawa alone, and and that's great, and it facilitates a lot of funding for mental health uh, areas and hospitals. But more importantly, it gets the message out, and that's what we're proud of. And it's it's not a comfortable conversation talking about um, you know mental health and suicide, but for children and and young people, it's even harder. So just creating that conversation and awareness with families, just even at the breakfast table, how are you doing, you know, and, and not always given and, and if and if they and if they do open up maybe not always having the answer as a parent or, or a sibling or something or a, a guidance counselor just listening i'm here for you like because they don't really want to hear sometimes the, the answer uh, they just want someone to know that they're there they understand and they're listening and they're supportive and that's the the key point that we try and spread around and we took that uh message to binghamton um to the new york islanders the montreal canadians and ottawa centers obviously started uh, uh, and they still have a DIFD game every year. We're very proud uh, of that because it stays there. We were back to Binghamton a few years ago, and we were having lunch with friends, and a bus, a city bus went by, fully screened, purple DIFD, purple hearts. So they still uh, keep the message going, and, and that, that is the biggest thing that we're proud of, in it, and it keeps Darren's uh, spirit alive in us. Luke, awesome. we appreciate you coming in. It's been awesome. Uh, hope we can do it more often. Absolutely. Right? If you want to just do a weekly segment, we'd be, we'd <laughs> yeah. be down with that. Uh, Jake, our GM, can handle all the financials there, no problem. <laughs> uh, but we appreciate you coming down. Uh, John and everybody at the Blackhawks, uh, thanks again for letting this happen. It, it's We just got launched in March, so uh, having the Blackhawks on board with us is great, and hopefully we can all grow parallel to each other, and that would be outstanding. So thanks so much for joining us uh, here on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Nice. Hear a lot of that this year. Want to remind everybody too: the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Do that right now, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. But that's not all. Make a fifty-dollar or more first-time deposit, and you'll receive a free CHGO membership that unlocks all of our great web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two G's in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Look, there's lots of places where you can place wagers on games. PointsBet is the best because of the in-play betting. If you're watching a game and you see an edge, 
jump on it during the game. Play along as it goes. You think your team's ready for a comeback, or if maybe you're a Cub fan, prime to blow a lead? <laughs> Play some wager live during the game. Follow along. You can do that with PointsBet. They do it better than anywhere else. So download that PointsBet app right now and use the promo code CHGO. It's time to elevate your betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Well, it definitely seems like Kyle Davidson has got a competitive edge for the Blackhawks with new head coach Luke Richardson. And if you want to get a competitive edge every single morning, you got to start brewing up yourself a fresh batch of Strava Craft Coffee every morning. It's a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh-roasted, specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. The CBD from hemp does not make you high and hungry, nor do you feel the jitters that you would with your normal cup of coffee, and offers you some amazing benefits like feeling more alert and focused, living your day more balanced with fewer aches and pains and less anxiety. Sign me up for that. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine will also help you get a more restful night's sleep so you're able to wake up feeling your absolute best. Plus, with Strava, everything is all about quality. It's small batch. It's fresh. Tons of different flavors. Lots of different CBD concentration levels as well. You can get it whole bean ground, K-cup. However you like your coffee, Strava will make it for you. Plus, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire order just by using the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That's a quarter knocked off your entire purchase just by using CHGO25 when you visit Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, craftcoffee.com. And if you're already a big fan of Strava, and by now, who isn't? You can join the Strava Coffee Club and subscribe and save. That's where you get to pick all your favorite flavors of coffee Tell Strava where you want them sent, when you want them to get there, and they make it happen. So go visit our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. That was a fantastic read, Greg, because you have now uh, converted my mom. She just texted and said, I want to try the Strava Craft Coffee. Well, well there you go. And I deserve a race. Shout out, <laughs> shout out, mom. Way to go, One Mrs. of our viewers. <laughs> Thanks for watching, mom. Uh, I failed to give the website for DIFD, uh, DIFD.com, if you want to get more information yep. on uh, Luke Richardson yes. and his family's charity in memory of his daughter, Darren. As the father of a 12-year-old girl, it uh, really hits home because you're starting to see um, the mental health aspect of being a tween mm-hmm. is very difficult for her and a lot of her friends, and it's uh, something I very much have my eye on and I'm sure I'll be using their website a lot for resources and things when, when things get, but it's a great cause and you can see how passionate Luke is about it. And boy, I mean, that was, that was, I'll (laughs) say this, that was a story I did not know about him until, until he he spoke about it at the press conference yesterday. And um, again today, yeah, it's, uh, well, definitely, we're fully on board look, with uh, with 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 that organization helping look, look helping that to out. Being and an advocate for that organization for sure. for sure. Mental health is super important as somebody who struggles a lot with it and has been through a lot of things that could take you in the dark places. It's always nice to know that you have someone to talk to, especially when you're at an age where you're confused about a million things to begin with. Yes. To have an organization that tells you, hey, it's okay to feel these things and we're going to get through it together is wonderful. So we're going to find some uh, fun ways to help that out. Maybe we'll, we'll think of something with our with our fine jar and turn it into yeah. a fun <laughs> yeah. donating efforts. Uh, we'll, we'll come up with something, but we look forward to 
helping that out. And Neil B in the chat says he just made a donation to DIFD. Thank you, awesome. Neil. Awesome. Uh, feel free to do that. Uh, DIFD.com. So I want to rewind about two weeks ago when we had Laura Saba on the show, and she said players would run through a wall through Luke, for Luke Richardson. So will podcast. Find me a wall. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, walls in here are, are in danger right now. Yeah. I just Even though they're made of brick. I want opening night to be tonight. <laughs> what I loved about it was the candor. It was, There's zero cliche in what he says. Mm -hmm. And, yes, of course, like some things like, oh, you know, it's you got to play hard, obviously. But, like, from the way he detailed man-to-man -man versus zone and the way he detailed defending, he's got a freaking plan, and it's clear, and it's not just gobbledygook. Mm -hmm. He knows day one, you know, when prospects camp starts the Monday after the draft, and, yes, that's happening. Yeah. And we will be there. It's very um, coming up quick. He's going to be hands on with these guys and telling them, hey, you know, this is specifically what you need to do. And I just love that he realizes that there's no um, cookie cutter coaching method. Mm -hmm. It is you develop your system based on the players. You coach each player differently according to their needs and what they respond to. I don't know why it is so refreshing. He seems like a very modern day coach. Yeah, I've never heard. Which is yeah, a a, a, a hockey coach for sure. Talk that way. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can think close in sports is Joe Madden a little bit, but yeah. even Joe would kind of like cliche it into something. Oh, we talk about respect ninety or try not to suck to keep the guys loose. But Luke had specifics, mm -hmm. and I I love that, and I hope that candor doesn't go away as the season begins because of course things get a little more yeah. tight you don't want to share state secrets or anything but i was just so refreshed by not just today but the way he was yesterday in the presser too just laying things out and mm. clearly i mean if if i've got a list of candidates and that guy comes in and talks to me i mean it seems like a very obvious hire to make because yeah a very impressive from from what he said yesterday from 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 meeting him today and speaking with him just now um, and and all the all the things that we've heard about him out of out of Montreal and and, and other outlets around the league, um, if I was a young player coming up through the Blackhawks system and knew that he was going to be the head coach and he was going to that that mentality that approach was was coming to the coaching staff, I would be excited because that that is I think that is the demeanor and 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 style that I think is going to reach this generation of of, of player that. A different hire um, probably may not have that that approach, and especially when you know when we were talking about potential coaching hires. A lot of them were guys that had had put in a lot of time as NHL head coaches, and probably for the most part, are were stuck in their ways. And yep. I, I, a guy like John Tortorella or or Barry Trotz or you know Paul Maurice, like these guys that were out there, like like yeah, they they evolve a little bit, but it seems like Luke Richardson is coming in with an already evolved way of speaking the game and connecting to players. And I think the the communication and the trust aspect and, and those things that he puts emphasis on, I think that's going to resonate, especially for a team that is going to be growing in the next few seasons. For a guy that played in the 80s and 90s, to be this in tune with today's modern player yep. is mind-blowing. He it's, even it's said, they don't want to hear me talk about playing in the 80s and 90s. Right. Well, it's, it's irrelevant. That's very true. It's a different game. Yeah. But, 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 yeah, a totally different game, totally different coaching style back in 1987 when he made his debut. Right. Like, but for a guy that can be 
you know, for those of you that don't never, you know, maybe too young to have watched Luke Richardson play, dude was a beast on the ice. And, <laughs> he, uh, and there's a lot of people who could have seen him play, but yeah, yeah I, I know what you mean. Yeah. But like, you know, for, for like our fans that, you know, jumped on for the, 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 the Stanley Younger Cup fans, run, yeah. you know, they missed out on the prime of his career. He was a monster on the ice, and sent uh, Dino Cicerelli to jail for a day. Well, Dino sent himself to jail for a day <laughs> for hitting him over the head with a stick uh, multiple Don't call times. Call me Doctor Hook for nothing. So, uh, but to have him now come here, the true story by so, the way. Look that up. Yes, uh, it was his rookie year too. Yep. I mean, when you get Dino in jail in your first handful of games, you've accomplished. You've, you've become next, my hero. You can forgive the Corey Perry praise when he when yeah. he's yeah. responsible for Dino going to jail. Yes, that's because that's where that man belongs for long long periods. The of next time. time he's he's uh, he's in that the, this chair with us, we'll ask him about that. Yeah, we'll I was I really want to ask him the Probert thing too, <laughs> and I I just that, I think that might be an off the record. Had we had more time before the show. Yes, it we, wasn't going to be my first elevator question. We had some, no, we no. had some fun, uh, we had some fun uh, graphic stuff that we may still get to. Yeah, we'll get what, to it. Uh, and Lawrence, thank you so much for putting it together. Should, uh, we should show it. Let's just do it. We just, just we just show. ran out of. I mean, to, yeah. honestly, it was three six, was and of, I, John was shooting me the uh, yeah. the laser beams. I'm we, like, oh. we wanted to, we wanted to to share the the. Yeah, the legend of the mustache, the myth of the mustache here in Chicago. That hey, you got to grow a mustache if you want to win. Nick, while well, we're talking mustaches, do you want to sit down and join us on yes. the panel too? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've got the best mustache in the city right here. Uh, Nick Moreno of our wonderful CH. Look at that! Look at oh that thing. my Woo. goodness! Like this show just got better. Yeah, like <laughs> new, new uh, as of last Sunday. So this is not there you go. the usual look, but now it might be a staple. That can't I, go I, anywhere. I think it's right? it's becoming I mean, something that you could uh, automatically be the guy from Super Troopers for Halloween. Yes. Yep. <laughs> there yep. you go. There's yeah. a lot of possibilities, but we we told Luke and and we're making Lawrence run over the place right now. <laughs> uh, but the concept was that look, if you want to win a championship in Chicago, you need a stash. You have to have a mustache. So Lawrence, our producer genius. Uh, came up with several. So I guess you call them mock-ups for yes. Luke, options. right? Would that yeah. be uh, options. yes, options for yeah, Luke? Options. And if you're listening on yeah. the podcast, you know, we encourage you go back, check out the when YouTube. You to, when you go to a car dealership, they so, they show you different models. <laughs> yeah, you don't just buy the first one. Right, you got to see different colors, different bells and whistles. So we've got the uh, we got the Ditka, oh, the Ditka. Ooh, very okay. classic. Yeah. It you smells know? like Jardinier, my friend. <laughs> This is like where you, we. I want more than the Ditka because I want to win more than one championship and then try and relive it for forty years. See, yes, there's the true. yeah. We need, you go, we well, need you go with you go with the Phil, the, the Phil Jackson. The Phil that was pretty good. That brought six titles to the city. I'll so take that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, the sweetness. <laughs> I, like, I like that one. <laughs> uh, the great, the that, that one looks like it was a little. Uh, <laughs> was that hand drawn? No. Okay. That's how my mustache would look. If I, the Farina. Now, see, that's good. The see, the Farina is yeah. terrific. The Farina could also be the Q. That's yeah. very. That's like the mm -hmm. same style right there. Well, yeah. there you hey, go. I'm talking about the letter in the alphabet. <laughs> the landing. Now that's. That's. But he see, looks. He looks like the Luke Richardson with the Lanny looks like an 1880s cop or murderer. It's Wyatt Earp. One of the two. Yes. Wyatt Earp. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Tombs. Yes. The McLean. Oh no, yeah, that's McLean. a beauty. There you that's go. a good one. He's yeah. he's pretty well coiffed though. I don't think he would go with the recklessness of the McLean. No, it's not gonna it's not gonna cover his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else the we got? P there you go. Oh, there see you that. Go. See. Oh, I think I think we have a. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we got a I think we have a winner here. Such a good Photoshop. 
Yeah, that it almost looks it real. Almost, yeah. That almost—that's the winner right yeah. there. That's the that winner. Almost looks I like win. Sully. I will get you a Stanley Cup and sell you a reverse mortgage at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the Mercury, of course, the Freddie, Freddie. And, nice. and, and we learned from uh, from his interview with Blackhawks.com. He's a huge Queen fan, yep. so that might be it. There you go. Oh, the Raleigh. Oh, the there Raleigh. It is. Oh, see, this is, this nice. is Luke Richardson tying a damsel in distress to railroad tracks. <laughs> also, though, if he's trying to think of a strategy, he can twirl it. <laughs> Yeah, pensively. Hmm. And watch. Yes. Do I pull the goalie the here now, or do I <laughs> yes. wait? Do we? Do we want to? You know, we got video review. Too. Video, a video <laughs> review. We got the cease for our friends on the side? on the south side. Yep. Oh, there um, you are. Cease. Yeah. Uh, that's a, the, the cease needs a little work there. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going with the Magnum PI. I think. Yeah, uh, that, I, I think the Magnum right. PI yeah, is the winner. That's the winner right there. That's it. It just looks natural. It looks natural. He almost looks like Tom Sullivan. Yeah. Just get him a Hawaiian shirt. And a, and a sports car. And a lot of chest hair. Just all the <laughs> chest hair you could possibly get. All right. Yeah. If you're on the podcast, sorry for that little uh, detour. Uh, that's your, we'll, that's we'll your invite to go watch the replay on YouTube yes. so you can see all the amazing mustaches we've just gone through, including Nick's. Yeah, we'll sure. post them on yeah, social media, yeah. too. Man, Nick, you cannot shave that. <laughs> It just changes. It it, it changes you. You're like a different person. I know. Do you feel <laughs> different with it? I've got an interaction at the gym from people that have that I've never <laughs> talked to before. Like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, I've been here for like two years. Though. You've never <laughs> talked to me. No. It's, it's like that Family Guy episode, The Power of the Mustache. It, yes. it is. It yes. changes your whole outlook. Like, I did a I did real. a brief Fu Manchu uh, when Danny Parkins reached his uh, milestone for uh, by the hand last year. I said I would shave a. Uh, Andrew Chafin mustache, and it did change me. I felt like a different person. I went by, I was having my softball players call me Coach Shooter, <laughs> Coach and I just Shooter. had a completely different personality. The mustache changes everything. It really does. It's empowering. So, uh, Nick, it is beautiful. Thanks Thank for you. sitting in on the mustache you're session. Gonna, you're going to be on the sure. Bears coaching staff by, like, day three of training. Who is that guy? They're just going to hire him. Give him a clipboard and a half. You're ready to go. You get ultimate respect with that thing. That's yeah. outstanding. Right, well, thanks for sharing your glory with us, Nick. Oh, we got to do an ad? All right. We got to do an ad. All right. What do we need? Well, Nick was Mario? talking about the gym, and uh, I'm, I'm starting to try and uh, work out a little bit more. And uh, what's been helping me is Owen. O-W-Y-N stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you the nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients. They don't have any, uh, they're, they're allergen friendly, doesn't contain any gluten or dairy, easily digestible. May have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. He follows a plant-based diet, uh, helping him uh, get ready for the season. Owen and CHGO are partnering up, and they're going to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com, and you use the promo code CHGO20 to get that offer. And like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I try and cut out gluten and dairy as, as much as possible. Um, I say that after eating a, a pint of ice cream last night. But uh, with, with Owen, it's going to I'm, I'm, I balance it out. Life's all about balancing acts. So pint of ice cream. Owen in the protein shake, it, it all works out. So join myself and Justin Fields, uh, one in the same when it comes to working out, and uh, try yourself some Owen, O-W-Y-N, only what you need. All right, a couple little news items before we wrap up here. Uh, last night late, uh, the Blackhawks tweeted out, we're saddened to hear of the passing of Jim Pappen, the P in the MPH line, tallied 444 points in 488 games in Chicago and ranked 17th all-time for franchise scorers with 216 goals. So rest in peace, Jim Pappen, of course, the MPH line, Pitt Martin, Jim Pappen, and Dennis Hull. And yesterday, you can cross one of the teams off 
for Alex DeBrincat. Yeah. The LA Kings uh, traded, uh, was it 14 or 19 overall? Uh, I believe it's 19th overall. Yeah, 19th their overall. Their first round, th- this year's first round pick and arguably one of their top prospects in, in Brock Faber. That was uh, going from Minnesota, or going from, yes, that was going from Minnesota to, to L.A. No. No, Minnesota gets LA Brock Faber Minnesota. and a first there yeah. you go. for Kevin Fiala. Uh, signed to a seven-year, yeah. seven-year, seven point eight yeah. seven five million. That's that's extension. a lot of that's a lot of bread right there. So, I'm not sure how that one's going to look in a couple of years, but hey, go for it. That does two things. That helps Alex DeBrincat in his negotiation and saying if Kevin Fiala is making almost eight million, I think I should be making much more, million. much more. Yes. <laughs> and it makes me wonder. That was just for the negotiating rights to. Right. Get Kevin Fiala, who was who was an RFA before getting the extension. That makes me wonder what is Dylan Strom worth? And I, I know that the the Blackhawks have shopped him before when he was under contract, uh, and and you know didn't really get any uh, any takers. But I I just wonder, you know, if, if a team wants his RFA rights, what is the what is the market now? Yeah, I you got to think he's not Kevin Fiala. No. I know that, but you got to think it's you got to think it's a little bit second round pick. Something, well, something so, more than like a seventh or a sixth or whatever. Right. Obviously, I think there was some. Hey, Kings want you. There, there had to be some pre-conceived notion that you're yeah, going somewhere sign. he would because that, that extension thing came. Yeah, out that immediately. was immediately. So that yeah. was pretty much already set. And Minnesota but, was in a position where they're screwed with the cap, oh, like, yeah. so they had to get they're rid of them. They're going to be paying off Parisi and Suter for the next five or six years, so yeah, yeah they're in trouble. They needed That's why they went out and got Marc-Andre Fleury, because I think Bill Guerin realized, eh, we got to do something we, this if year. If we're going to try and get, get a cup, it would have to be this it's year. It's going to get a little, Didn't a little happen. crazy. It didn't happen. Here's another thing about Kevin Fiala, who last year had 85 points in 82 games, 33 goals, 52 assists. Prospects take time. He is 25 years old. He has been in the league really full-time since 2016-2017, where he played 54 games with Nashville. 16 points, 48 points, 32 points, 54 points, 40 points, and then 85. And now it can happen quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, for the King's sake, they better hope that that wasn't a fluke. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Seasons, but but it, it just, just to remind everybody, as we enter a rebuild and we have – some young players on the team who maybe have not gotten to where Hawks fans think they should be yet. Not everybody is Taves or Kane or Sod, where they are drafted and immediate contributors right. or to, or to bring at the NHL level or yep. to bring it right. That is not the norm. Fiala was the 11th overall pick in 2014, and he spent time in Milwaukee. And, and, and I remember watching him when I was working in Milwaukee and covering the Admirals and thinking, like, this kid can put it together, but it just – it took time and Nashville was competing at that time. And, it, and he didn't really have enough to kind of crack that, that roster at that time, but it, he needed that time playing in the minors and, and playing in limited roles and, and taking that time to, to get to this point. And obviously it happens with another team, but he is reaching his, his ceiling and his potential and, and he's cashing in on it. So that's, that's good for him. And, and, yeah, again, I, I think this the, the notion of patience, and I think you know Luke Richardson talked about having patience and needing that with, with young players and their development. It's going to be something that we're going to have to get used to. I wouldn't usually trust a YouTube commenter with information, but Tom Quinn is here every show, and we will follow up on this information and 
and fill it in tomorrow. But I trust Tom based on how often he's here and how he's a normal person in the chat, unlike some people. Uh, Tom says, Elliot Friedman reported this morning that Davidson turned down a deal for Debrinkit that included two first-round picks, one of which was a high draft choice in the first round. So mm-hmm. I checked Elliot's Twitter. It's not there. It might be in the 32 Thoughts. It could be on Judd. <laughs> we just have to find where he said it. It's on one of his 18 daily uh, radio bumps in Canada. But if we'll true, track it down. 32 and I don't doubt Tom. comes out on Wednesdays, right? Something They've been like doing a couple right. weeks because of the playoffs and drafts and stuff, too. That's true. So we will find hmm. that. Tom, if you have any info on he where says, he's... He oh, NHL, NHL Network Radio. NHL Network Radio. Beautiful. NHL Network Radio. We'll, uh, if that's we'll the case... That. That gives me a lot of faith in Kyle Davidson. If one of them was a high dr- choice this year and a second first-round pick, that's not enough for to bring it. Absolutely no, not. not. Sorry. Thanks for making the call. Now add two prospects two that matter. Prospects. Two, two prospects that matter, and we can resume conversations. And as we've said before, if it doesn't come together, they don't want to force it. Yeah. And if it doesn't come together, the alternative is, hey, Alex DeBrinket, so Here's your eight-year contract yeah. and be a Blackhawk for the rest of your career if you want to. That that would be fine too. You either here's the two scenarios you have with this. You either have Alex DeBrinket as your foundation for the next decade, or you take a year off the rebuild by what you get for him. You can you, you, re- can you remove one season off the rebuild, yep. or you have Alex DeBrinket. Either of those things are pretty good. Neither one is a bad scenario. Yeah, there's no really wrong answer to that if and, those are your two options. And especially for a team like, like Chicago that needs to replenish their yeah. their prospect system and needs to have build out their future, if they're going to make this move, that's what you have to do. And in the process, you want to take a lot from another team so that they don't have a future. You want to, as Elliot said on 630, Ched, you want to ruin <laughs> a franchise franchise's future with a deal like this. Absolutely. So, so we'll see what uh, what what we'll see. I I Talk have about, we got we got another hour podcast coming out tomorrow. Yeah, we will. Uh, Fun we, one we will have that. Uh, I, I have, have that. Info. I have faith in Kyle Davidson. I don't think he's going to do much that is going to hurt this franchise. I know we're not used to that, but <laughs> uh, I don't think he's yeah. going to do a whole lot that's going to set them backwards at this point. All right, you tease tomorrow's show because we are off on the Fourth of July. There will be no Monday show. No Monday show. Tomorrow's show, audio only. We are going to discuss, we're going to draft our all-American-born lines. That's how we're going to do it, right? Starting lineup, all-time American starting lineup. All-time American starting lineup. Cannot wait. That's going to be a lot of fun. Alex Debrinkit might be on one of those teams. You never know. I am going to... Spoiler alert, I'm going to draft Ryan Miller and then trade him to whoever you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Kane. So yes. we can finally make that deal. All right, there That's we go. Fair enough. All right, All right do, we, do we want to do our play of the week, our points bet play of the week? Yes. Before we get out of here, let's get the uh, points bet play of the week. Uh, obviously, the NHL draft is coming up uh, July 7th and 8th. Uh, be sure to tune in. Yeah, we'll be live during Thursday. the first round and the on Thursday and the second and third rounds. On Friday, and okay. while Lawrence has them up on the screen here, I should remind everybody, go to allchgo.com, order some of our new shirts. We've got the CHGO Skyline, the Hey Chicago, What Do You Say, 
and the Southside Bias shirts. All of those are awesome. AllCHGO.com to buy those. And, and of course, become a member. Don't forget, look behind your head there, Jay. There's a beautiful Blackhawk. CHGO Blackhawk. Oh, yeah. Look look it's great. There it it's is. Mario is better at the pointing than I am. Yeah. I'm always going the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, if I want to become a weatherman, I got to, I got to practice somewhere. But I don't think that's in my future. That's a Luke Stuckmer job. <laughs> that is, that is, yeah. But he's, he's, he's got already got that locked down. Speaking of futures, on points bet, uh, on the app here, looking at it, the first overall draft pick in the NHL draft. The odds currently on Shane Wright are minus two hundred, but. If you pay, have paid attention to a lot of uh, draft analysts and, and, and mock drafts and whatnot recently coming out, uh, the potential for the first overall pick to be Yuri Slavkovsky has really skyrocketed, for better or worse. Um, and and the, if you didn't jump on it early, I think, I think a, a few, few days ago, we mentioned, you know, it was something like... I got like Cooley plus, plus 900. Cooley yes, plus 900. He's, Cooley he's is now out. plus 1,500. Yeah. But Yuri Slavkovsky <laughs> plus 150. To be the uh, to be the top pick, and I think if you're if you're looking for plus money, you got to get on it now before he becomes uh you Minus know money, becomes the yeah. favorite. Um, but uh, yeah, Yuri Slavkovsky, Shane Wright, it's uh, it's an interesting debate that uh, that the, that the draft community is having, and I think a lot of people like we like we've said are talking themselves out of Shane Wright. Corey Promen of the Athletic, he's 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 much yeah, more knowledgeable. Seventh. Much, yeah, <laughs> much more knowledgeable than 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 I am than than we are collectively on the depth of the draft class. But he had him going fourth to the Seattle Kraken, and I think my head exploded. I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Well, believe you know that. what? If Shane Wright's there at four, that's when maybe Kyle Davidson gets a little bit excited and says, "Hmm, hmm. maybe I make a couple calls real quick to Seattle." Yeah, Seattle. Could you imagine though in Two three years Seattle with Matty Berniers and Shane Wright. That's a good hockey team right there. Uh, that's pretty a good. Good two way hockey team. It's right a good there. one. That's a good That'll one do. too. That'll do. All right. Well, that was uh, an awesome show. I am still kind of reeling from Kyle da- uh, from uh, Luke Richardson. A little bit sweaty, gonna be honest. The uh, <laughs> the systems breakdown just. Wow, that was just something I've never heard yeah. before. So uh, if you know Hawks fans, friends who might have missed us, let them know. Let them know about the episode. Let them know about the podcast. If you see us tweeting on social media, hit that retweet button. Likes are great, too. Follow but the us. retweet helps spread the word. Make sure you're following CHGO Sports on Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, where Casey does all of her fantastic work on social media. Uh, make sure you're following the our podcast at CHGO underscore Blackhawks on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app. Don't just go to the app and listen. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on those notifications so you know when an episode drops. Same deal with the YouTube. Subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube page and turn on those notifications so every time the channel goes live, you will be alerted. You will know uh, when CHGO Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, Sky, Red Stars, Fire. And the CHGO Sports Weekly Podcast. All that stuff. That's Bets, Bets. Bets yes. all of it, all yeah. of it. There's so much to uh, consume. So much we can't even remember them all. Absolutely <laughs> right. So thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow, audio only, and then enjoy your 4th of July weekend. For Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks Podcast.